Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Back to the Lark Cast, where my good friend Annette's walking in her high heels across the hardwood floor, making a bunch of noise. Annette, don't you know we're podcasting? This is a God thing. This is for Jesus, and you're making a bunch of noise. Should be ashamed of ashamed of yourself. Hey, Russ. Hey, Jameson. Just had to. Hey, what's up, Tony? Just had to yell at my friend really quick before we before we got going on this thing. Well, I mean, it is fitting to a guy wearing a KFC jersey. <laughs> Here's my oh. jersey for everybody oh. who is watching on on YouTube. KC, it is a okay. Kansas City Monarchs jersey. Jackie Robinson spent one year in the Negro Leagues with the Kansas City Monarchs. All right. And all right. uh I got it because I'm too lazy and busy to create Catico creative gear for myself and my team so i just buy kansas city stuff and say that it counts for our company (laughs) so you might as well be wearing a kfc jersey (laughs) (laughs) i thought that's what it i thought that's what it said at first does anyone doubt like that russ just has fried chicken on his mind at all times and he he, he thought he saw kfc that is a surprise to no one it's true. Sad, sad, but true. I think the sadder part is that when I saw the Jersey, I, I immediately kind of got excited. Cause I was like, Oh damn, there's KFC gear available now. <laughs> I have to, to hook that up on the back. There's just a big patch of the Colonel. Yeah. There you go. I'd wear it, dude. That and a Waffle House shirt. <laughs> I can't. I have like a, awkward just love for waffle house man i just do I, I feel like at least once a day i think about it do you guys remember when we were in jackson <laughs> mississippi eating at a waffle house and then that dude was at the at the counter he was at like at the bar and all he was doing was playing uh facebook stories <laughs> over and over <laughs> as loud as his phone could go <laughs> I do. I do remember that now. Just clueless. No just, shame. Just sending it. Yep. Full I think send. Everybody in this restaurant ought to be able to hear this. <laughs> just story <laughs> after another. It's I told best. my friend the other night we were out really late pushing snow. And I told him that, man, the worst thing about Iowa in the winter is that there's no Waffle House. Because mm. all I want when we're done here is to go to Waffle House. And sure enough, there's not even a diner open in Des Moines. Bro, that's like Sad. Des Moines. It is sacrilegious, man. Yeah, I've been to Des Moines a couple of times. It shuts down, shuts down early. It sure does. That's not that's not good, man. It's not good at all. I know I we could small open small towns across open America. a franchise. Waffle House is open all night. That's it. Tony, you remember that one time, dude, when 
We were, I think, it, speaking at something, yes. man. Yes, I did. Hanging out at a bunch of places. I don't even know what you're about to Various say. talks, and then I think we had to land at a conference eventually out in uh, L.A. County. And uh, my flight got delayed. And you wound up hanging out like at a 24-hour gym. <laughs> On Crenshaw <laughs> Boulevard? You, in L.A.? You, like, you were, where, like where Nipsey Hustle got shot? Yes, I do remember that. You were sitting outside bumming, bumming cigarettes on people, man, in front of a diner until like 3 a.m. when I landed. That's what I did to kill the time. And I was like, I don't know how much coffee and how many cigarettes I can smoke in front of this Denny's with all these schizophrenics. I probably should go do something productive. So then I went and found a, a gym that was open 24-7, but it was on Crenshaw Boulevard. Now, I don't really know much about Crenshaw Boulevard, but I've listened to enough gangster rap and the whole hit Nipsey Hustle dudes to know that maybe I shouldn't go there. But here's mm-hmm. how wide I am. I I I I went onto maps. I, I kind of zoomed in with my fingers, you know, and I saw that there was a target nearby. And I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dude, dude, if there's a target there, I think I'm gonna be okay. You're like, man, if I go out, if I go out on Crenshaw Boulevard at the one target that's available, bro, like, well, I, I deserve, got shot. I deserve, I deserve to go. Yeah. Well, good thing I look like some dude that's in Sons of Anarchy. You know, I just walked in and tried to just keep to myself, not really make any eye contact with anybody. End up making a few friends. Worked out for you, man. Yeah. Worked out. Well, speaking of KFC jerseys, no Waffle Houses in Des Moines. (laughs) Puffing cigarettes (laughs) at a Denny's on Crenshaw at 2 a.m. Where does all this lead into John chapter 16? Just out of curiosity. I feel like that's a Jameson question. Uh, yeah, Jameson, you're the resident theologian. Pull something out of yes. your pocket here, man. There is no connection <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> Hashtag pastor fail. <laughs> yeah, we should write a we should write a study Bible, and all it is is just our <laughs> stories from traveling, and they don't connect it at all. At all, just drop them on random pages. That would be pretty good. And I mean, ironically, pretty fitting to the scriptures because I don't know about you, man, but my big aha going through the gospel of John over the last number of, I mean, it's been like a good number of weeks, dude, that we've been digging into this, you know, to this book. I am fully and finally convinced that the gospel is not something that you apply to your life. Mm. It's just Amen. this reckless, radical news that just sits there no matter what, no matter who you are, what you've done, where you've been, where you think you're going, all irrelevant. Here's the good news of what God is like and what he's done in his son. All this is declared so that you may believe, period. Now, tell me that story again about Grinchall Boulevard. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so you kind of find this like ironic freedom and yeah, I think we're just laughing for the joy of laughter. Yeah, I would add a little something to that and say, because, um, you know, we because we talk about 
this, you know, as we travel and talk about marriage and friendships and, you know, kids and neighbors and jobs and just life. Mm -hmm. It's not that the, it's not that the gospel doesn't inform that or shed light on that, or it doesn't stir our hearts or our minds, you know, to like, if you want to say be applied, it's just that its purpose isn't first and foremost application. And when you make it that you ruin it. Yep. You just kill it, man. Undo it every time. Yep. Yep. If you could, we can make a word for it and call it disinterpretation. <laughs> because like this. you have all of these things going on where Jesus is clearly debunking their way of applying their scriptures, right? The Hebrew Bible. And it just pisses everybody off um and it confuses mm-hmm. the disciples and eventually as we'll see in a few weeks uh gets jesus hung up on a cross and it's like how we turn it back into the thing that he came to debunk i just i still i can't believe i thought that for so long and i can't mm-hmm. believe that so many still do i just read a a in one of Capon's chapters, he's got this whole sentence with an exclamation point at the end of like, I just can't understand why we don't see what Jesus is doing here. Mm. Got a valid point, man, to think that he's debunking all of these myths that they've held on to in the name of religion and faithfulness and being God's people. To fast forward 2,000 years later and go, oh, crap. We oftentimes are just grabbing onto the very same takes that they did. We just sprinkle it with a little Jesus talk. So that it sounds different. But at its core, yeah, it's the same. Well, let's jump in. Yeah, let's do that because that was kind of like a somber moment there. I was feeling a little down and out. (laughs) <laughs> it was a good intro um, because in we're hitting chapter 16 today. And before we go any further, I'll just say, as with a lot of these sections, John 16 is a pretty long chapter and we're not going to go verse by verse here. But you really should pause this and just go read it. Um, get your head kind of in the, the context mm-hmm. of what we're going to be talking about, because we're going to talk at a relatively high level. And and go from there. Let's do it, man. But on on top of that, chapter 16 is a pretty interesting chapter, I think. In it's not like one you hear people quoting all the time. I hear a lot about John 15 and the vine and love one another, and a lot about John chapter 17, where Jesus is publicly praying to the Father, and the whole thing's recorded for us by John. Um, but John 16 is this kind of like, just, I don't know, stuff that kind of got swept under the rug or, or left behind or who knows, you just don't hear very much about it. Gets and left out in, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited that we're talking about it because it's in right here in the middle of the longest section of in scripture of Jesus, just monologuing. He's just going and it's a, that's why it's a very unique section of scripture. So John 13 through 17 is all happening at dinner 
yeah. apparently in the upper room, right? And it's this conversation where in all the other gospels, Jesus is instituting the Lord's Supper and it almost has this kind of official vibe. Well, not in John. <laughs> in John, it's just this kind of as you're going along. It's like imagine one of those movies where someone has one camera, they never turn it off. You can tell it's one take all the way through the whole scene. And it's almost mm. hard to watch because it's so just always on. Um, that's like what we have here. Of like small group times. Yep. You remember how you would get together like in community groups and you would have fun hanging out and laughing and talking. Everybody's like, you know, cutting up like really good times, man, are taking place. And then somebody who's, you know, in leadership guilty, um, says, okay, everybody, let's, uh, let's, let's gather up now. Right. And you kind of move into this like official time of like when the, the group serious started. Time. Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of just seems to be awkward, falls flat. And then after like the whole serious regimen is over, people sort of go back into the normal mode of just laughing and having a good time. That's what I picture like the whole communion scene of Jesus, like in this whole section, you know what I mean? Like there's conversation, there's washing the feet, right? There's, you know, the meal. It's like, it's just this like really cool fluid togetherness, man, that's happening not interrupted by official Bible time. Yeah. I think Christian uh, time. Yeah. Very similar to what your brain does in a car accident or a very traumatic event. I've blocked many of my small group experiences out of my brain, (laughs) Uh, but I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure (laughs) I've led a lot of those moments. Yeah. Pretty sure it happened. (laughs) <laughs> you're like having fun hanging out with people for like an hour it's like there's some new couple there and they're like hey out of curiosity um when when does it start <laughs> when does it start it's like that's my best um, that's, that's the best yeah uh <laughs> an hour ago when you got here but yeah keep going jamie as soon as the pizza got delivered it started yeah all right well um some major things are going on here and John has, as you guys have said in the past episodes, he's cranked up the heat, the intensities here. John 13, Jesus shows them that God is a servant, <laughs> which is just not what they thought, right? And John 14, Jesus is the truth, or another translation of that is reality. He's mm-hmm. it. It's him. He's one with the Father, and he's one with us. John 15, if you could put it in one word, it'd be remain. You're in my love. You just That's where it's at, my love. Like, that's where you live. That's where you are. That's where you get to be. That's the only place there is. Um, so remain. <laughs> John 16 hits a whole bunch of stuff, man. And we're going to talk about Jesus going away. He's talking. He's predicting his going away. He's predicting the arrival of the paraclete or that's translated helper advocate. Um, Baxter Kruger said a a really good translation for it also is soulmate, Um, Mm. which makes a lot more sense out of that word than from what I think we we're used to. And then after that, the return of Jesus, the imminent return, like the quick one, 
He's not talking yeah. about like in some form, like future age. Um, and then there, there's just so much here. So, um, I want to draw your guys' attention and see what you think about this to a theme that 16 picks up really strong. Um, but we see throughout this whole section, right? Actually, I'm just going to start. I think chapter 16 almost really like the chapter separations mess us up. So if you go to 1526, it says, when the paraclete comes, whom I shall send to you from the father, the spirit of truth who issues from the father, he will be my witness. And you too will be my witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. Here's the beginning of 16. I have told you all this so that you may not fall away. And as soon as I read that in preparation, I was like the, so that I basically circle every, so that in my Bible. Cause I'm like, this is, this helps me understand what the author's trying to show me. So I looked in this whole 13 through 17 at all the, so that's chapters 13 through 17. Listen to this, listen to this list. John is putting all this on paper so that you may not fall away so that you may remember what I told you. Jesus saying that so that you may find peace in me so that you may believe so that Jesus's joy may be in you and complete in you so that they may all be one like us. Jesus says to the father so that the world may believe that you sent me Hmm. so that they may always see my glory so that the love with which you loved me may be in them. And then so that I may be in them. What are you guys hearing is, is the point of all of this. What's the, so that for John, or maybe what is it not? Well, it's definitely not a to-do list, man. That's for, that's for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. I, um, I love that you went digging for that. I think it's very similar to what we saw last episode in 15. Um, I'm doing, I'm, I'm saying these things for, for your joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, so much of, you know, Bible teaching is like warning, um, you know, kind of just trying to, you know, shake people, shake people up, get them to get them to, to rise up spiritually, you know, wait, awaken spiritually, you know, start being better, doing better, performing better, believing better, living better. Um, and it's just, just hearing, hearing those words, man, that's, that's comforting. Yeah. It made me think, Leading right into this podcast, which you guys know in our audience, I'll invite you into this quick little scenario here. You know, we had to kind of hit a little pause button, man, and starting this because I've got a five-year-old who came walking out of his bedroom and he's having a hard time going to sleep. He struggles with some some anxiety things, especially a little bit more lately um, than the norm. Long story short, mom's normally here, but tonight's her book club night, right? So she gets a break. My daughter's also normally here in the evenings, but uh, she had some plans. So anyhow, him and I got to hang out, have fun, went in there to put him to bed, and he was asleep 
I came out here to get ready to podcast, man. And he shoots up like a, like, like a rocket. Hey, where are you going? Hold on a minute. You can't leave. You know, there's all this you know, anxiety kind of builds up. Kind of walk him through it. Come out here. I feel like he's good to go. Well, then he comes walking back out, take him back in his room. And he's running through this list of all these things that he's afraid of and all these things that he needs to do. And just to be honest, as a dad, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, okay, dude, you're fine. You know what I mean? The normal spiel that we give. And I start to list a few things that he can do that will help him in this moment. Now, this is all taking place, just so you know, 15 minutes ago. <laughs> but as you were sharing that, Jameson, I didn't realize this, but at the end, in the end of my little spiel with him to try to help him calm down instead of giving him some things to do i just went through a quick list of what's true you're safe okay you're at home you're with me i'm right here i've always been here i've never let you go nothing's ever gone wrong okay you can take comfort in and I'm, I'm kind of running through this reality this you're free to lay here and recline and relax and go to sleep like a little five-year-old boy should. And it's not because of all these things that you need to do so that you can relax, but instead, because I'm here, your dad. And man, just seeing that, you know what I mean? When you, it's so easy, so easy to get away from that. When you think about the scriptures, so easy to just go straight to instruction and application instead of no this is a declaration of what i'm like so that you can remain in my love mm -hmm. so it's a it's a big difference that's <laughs> so good and you don't we don't go looking for it like you're saying and as i i'm listening to that i'm like and how many times have you had to do that with eli like as a parent Any i mean you can't you can't count. <laughs> I okay, so I'm I didn't share this yet, but our drama one minute before I got on this Zoom call was I'm literally sitting here making sure my desk is ready and everything's plugged into the right places. All of a sudden, my almost five year old daughter starts screaming downstairs, and I know my wife's in the bathroom, so I'm like, oh gosh, I don't know what's going on. That's a loud scream. I run down there, she's got blood coming down. <laughs> out of her nose and it's not like a little speck of blood so i was like crap I grabbed her we went in the bathroom and she's like my eardrum is bursting cause she's screaming so loud <laughs> <laughs> and i'm i'm holding her and i'm trying not to get blood on me or on her shirt and clothes and i'm trying to like dab it on her nose and all this stuff finally get control of it and i'm sitting there holding her and uh she's clinging right and she always does this. She's just like, when you're holding her, she is bear hugging you like a gorilla. And if I even sort of shift or like move, she's like even tighter. Like I'm going to let her go. I'm like, mm -hmm. Kazera, I've got you. I've got you, baby. Like you're fine. And I had the same kind of thought, Russ, where I was like, wait, this is like, this is a living parable because <laughs> I've never dropped her ever, unless it was on purpose, like on a couch or something, throw her on the bed, you know? toss the kid right um when they get older you'll drop them on purpose we keep going <laughs> yeah we'll get there i don't pick <laughs> up the big ones anymore <laughs> they're they're gonna be picking me up before too long but i'm i'm just like this is this is what it's like we cling 
so hard thinking that if we let go, we're going to fall. We're going to fall away, right? What's it say at the beginning of 16? This this conversation about falling away. And I'm like, that's how it is. Like God, God's not up there like getting tired. He's He's not out there somewhere fatigued. He's He's literally looking at me like, I could do this one-handed. I like, I, I don't need You're to good. think about or worry about this. You are okay. You are safe. You are in me and I am in you. And so that <laughs> this is just a lot of good, a lot of good reminders in all of that. Mm. So do you feel like that's like the thrust of chapter 16? I mean, is that like the, the aha man? Yeah, so it's so much like 14 in that it's comfort. Like and actually you could it I feel like 13 through 17 this whole section is all uh Jesus preparing his disciples for what's about to come because the number of times that he says something along the lines of so that you remember and I, like, I'm doing this so that you don't forget and so that you don't fall away. All of these things. Well, right on the edge of 17, 17 ends, Jesus prayer ends. He's getting betrayed in the garden, right? Like we're just, we're into the passion, cold Turkey. And 16 is this, I'm going away. I'm telling you that I'm going to go away and I'm telling you so that you don't freak out. And I'm also going to tell you that another helper's coming. And he's, he talks about this, another helper five or six times in this 13 through 17 section, um, which is another one. Just go highlight every time it talks about the Holy spirit in these five chapters and just dig into that. Cause it's really helpful. But at the end of the day, I think if, if I'm reading this, right, I would boil this whole chapter down to saying Jesus is conditioning the disciples memory and definitely not their morality. Um, and it's wild. Cause you go to the very end of 16 and he says, listen, the time will come. Indeed. It has come already when you are going to be scattered, each going his own way and leaving me alone. And yet I am not alone. Because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may find peace in me. Okay, so like you guys had that conversation about Judas and Peter, right? They're one betrayed, one denied. Jesus is the same to both of them. And well, here we have everybody. Jesus is telling all of them, you're going to scatter. And I'm telling you this. Jesus is saying, I'm telling you guys that you're going to totally bail on me so that you may have peace in me <laughs> like bro where's where's the uh hey so don't screw it up now that you know like i'm telling you the future like there's nothing of the sort i feel like an odd, Go ahead, oddly well i was just gonna say oddly enough um he lets them know you're each gonna go your own way you're all you're all gonna you're all gonna scatter I'm saying to, I'm saying this to you so that you can have peace in me. Oddly enough, it's failure points us outside of ourselves. It points us away from ourselves. Mm. Um, because you really come 
to the realization that you're you're not as slick as you thought you were. You're not as holy as you thought you were. You're not as you're not as faithful, you know, as you thought you were. And so, yeah, man, where where are you gonna look? You know, it 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 lifts your eyes. It lifts your eyes, you know, outward to someone else, which is the definition of of faith. It's yeah. looking outside of yourself and trusting someone else. And when you and when you when that someone else that you're looking at, namely Jesus, is telling you, yeah, you're like them. Read yourself into the story here. You're gonna go your own way. You're gonna have your failings. Oh, that's right. He knew this about me. He he foretold it. Um, he he knows exactly who he's getting himself involved with here. Mm-hmm. You know, none of this is a surprise to him at all. And I think when we scurry about our own silly and and foolish ways, and we find that you know we are you know faithless, but he's the faithful one. Oddly enough, you would think that peace would come from you know, having all your I's dotted, T's crossed and everything straightened out in your life. And then, ah, you know, you can rest and relax in the fact that you got it all, you know, nailed, nailed down. But true peace comes when you come to the end of your rope, your virtuous rope, your church rope, Christian rope, you know, holy rope, you know, what, whatever, you know, um, family rope, dad rope, husband rope, um, business owner rope, um, whatever you look outside of yourself and you, and you know who you're looking at, you know, who you're, you're trusting in his tender heart. Hmm. Well, that's good. Yep. Yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, he's foretelling it. So naturally he knows what's about to go down. And I love the connection of what you were sharing, Tony, in regards to what you were saying earlier, Jameson, that, this seems to be a, a a time within this long discourse that's taking place in the upper room where Jesus is. He's in a sense like he's he's informing their memory, not their morality. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine walking with him, man, for all that time, right? Day in and day out. And then him looking at me on this pinnacle of what I feel like is about to be the, okay, it's on, man. We're about to put him in his right place and remove Rome and make the world straight up and fly right. And he looks at me and all, I mean, all of us, everybody's with us, man. And he's like, yeah, all of you are about to, about to split. You're all going to bail. So I'm just telling you all this so that you'll have peace, that I'll be with the father. It'll all be okay. And he's not fretting. <laughs> like it's we've already talked about his response to Judas and Peter and how just he seems to be determined to make sure that all of these people that are all in their own way gonna totally betray him. He's determined to help them remember not what what they're about to do but he's assuming what they're about to do, helping them remember who he is, mm. who he's in. He's in the father. I mean, he's said that so many times <laughs> in this book 
we probably should sit down and count it. Like how many times does Jesus say some variation of I am one with the father. The father is in me. The father's with me. The father sent me. I mean, that one shows up like 50 times. This just the sending. And so you can see pretty clearly. Like he's trying to make a point. He's trying to make a huge singular point. And I think you mentioned it early on, Russ. It's that Jesus is here. He's in you. He's not somewhere. (laughs) Which means no one has to do anything to get Jesus into you. Mm. Nothing. And and we're like to take that a step further. Like if you see Jesus doing what he's doing here in 16, right? He's promising that he's going somewhere. And in John, somewhere is always the Father. There's no geography other than the Father for Jesus. He's going to the Father. He comes from the Father. Like that's where all the that's where all his travel is, apparently. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> it's really cool. We're like, dang. The, that's pretty explicit. And then he's like, and the Holy Spirit's coming to encourage you. And we'll talk about this, but he says to basically set you straight on what sin is, because you're wrong, on what judgment is, because you're wrong about that too, and on about uh, what it means to believe in me or what it means to be in the right. He redefines all of those. That's what the Spirit's coming to do. Um not in Jesus's absence, but in some way in a different kind of presence. That's what's really bizarre in this book is like Jesus saying, I'm I'm going to the Father, but I'm sending the paraclete. But sometimes that's the spirit of Christ. It's sometimes that's referred to as Jesus himself. So it's like this, this is the one who is with you. Uh, he's not going to leave you. Right. He talks about that later on. We'll get to that in 17, but there's the single message here. Yeah. Because we're like those little kids, right? We, we just need to be reminded over and over and over. It's pretty wild. I mean, I ain't going to lie, man. Like I'm sitting here running through my head over this. I know I've read it. I know I've taught it. You know, I was thinking through it and reading over it, you know, even leading up to this podcast. But, man, I feel like if I was, if I was pastoring a church again right now, man, and I was working through this, I would, I would do my damnness, man, to make sure that this chapter landed on like the most non-attended Sunday of the year. That's kind of how I felt reading over this. I mean, it would have to land on like that 4th of July, right? The Sunday after Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? The f- first of the year this year, I think was like, 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 like January 1st this year, I think was like New Year's Day was Sunday. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> New Year's Eve. Like, was... all, like all the preaching slots I got when I was coming up. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like that's where you would figure out a way because it's crazy to think that you have God in flesh looking at people and saying, I know you are flawed and frail in what you're going to fail to do. So I'm reminding you of what I'm like so that my peace may be with you when you do. Come on. Dude, if you let that out of the bag and let it be what it is, it's the most the most like counterintuitive, subversive 
brain shaking truth. You can, you know what I mean? That you can grab a hold of. It's life giving. It doesn't make me want to go be an idiot in any way. If it, if it does anything, it just makes me draw closer to him. But the flip side, man, is if you don't fully grasp all of that and let it be what it is and try to find a way to, you know what I mean? Like what I would have done for sure, dude, for years. I'd have been petrified of this chapter. It's just, I'd be too, I would be too fearful to let that much freedom out of the bag, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's it. That's the, the simple truth, man, of, of John 16. That's where I land on it. Yeah. Anything else before we close out here? I got one more thing and it's an implication of all of those things. And it's stunning to me. So I'm going to read this really short quote to you guys. I've been following along Baxter Kruger's class on the gospel of John. Um, unfortunately he hasn't gotten chapter 16 yet. Um, but this whole section is so interconnected. He well, was talking ill prepared. Yeah. That's why this is such a, this is just bad. I mean, we probably should start over. <laughs> <laughs> no so here's what we're talking about like if let's go ahead and assume that we're right about the one thing john's trying to say is jesus is in you that's reality mm. and faith is discovering that that's true faith isn't you believing it so that it becomes true okay he he says this kruger says this he says the irony is if you want to have a closer walk with Jesus, then stare into the abyss of your own soul and see your own crap and see him there with you. Mm. Mm. Because that's what that means. That's what's true. Um, and then he quotes one of his favorite guys to quote his name. I'm, I may not pronounce it right. Bruce walk up. He says, and I think he got this idea from Bruce. So here's a direct quote from Bruce. Jesus is holding us together from the deepest place of our being. <laughs> Jesus is. That's where the one who holds all things together is holding us together. Not outside of us, and we're trying to get him in, but from underneath everything we've ever done wrong and all our agreements with evil. That light is shining from that place. That's where he's meeting us to help us see him. Yeah, it's so rad, man. It really, <laughs> really is. Um, because you're taught so much that God is the God of what should be. Yeah. He's off in the distance at the finish line mm. for those who, you know, um, want to hear well done, good and faithful servant. Um, you know, he's the God of those who, who do things God's way, you know, kind of a thing. And I'm not here to even say that there isn't, you know, a right or a wrong, you know, we, we, we know that there's things that are good and there's things that are, that are, are evil. Um, but man, that evil is inevitable in some ways. We're all so selfish, you know, for me, I just have a terrible temper. I have a lot of anger and that really gets expressed a lot of times in my home. 
Um, and there's been a lot of really hard moments, you know, in, in, in my life with my oldest son in, in particular, he and I are button heads, you know, quite a bit. And I think back in the day for me, it would have been kind of like, man, I, you know, God stands outside of, you know, those things as someone who's saying like, come on, Tony, man, like come back, come back to me. And, you know, you need to be read more, praying more in community more or whatever. And then these things wouldn't be, you know, happening. Mm. And I'm not here to say that there's not, you know, ways that you can calm yourself down or, you know what I'm saying? Assuage your anger or even some ways, even just like coach yourself, you know, through, Mm -hmm you know, some of those things, but those dark moments when you're just like, man, dude, I just freaking, I'm ruining this, this relationship in some ways. Like I'm causing some real hurt here. Like he's with me in, in that moment. He's not, he's not left me. He meets me there. In fact, the spirit meets me there very, very often, you know, in those moments as I sit on the couch on my phone, just trying to act like, you know, nothing but is bothering me about this. Like I'm still like in the right, you know, after this interaction or whatever. So yeah, dude, I, that, that quote, you know, in this chapter hits me in a lot of ways. He wasn't kidding when he was saying like, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'll never leave you and never forsake you. Yeah. Have peace. Cheers to, cheers to the reminders, man. May that be the journey. May that be what we, the role hopefully we get to play in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe this new, this, this news, mm. this joy. To that, we say cheers. Cheers. <laughs>